Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Living from Sunday to Sunday podcast. I'm your host, Pastor B, and it is my mission to help you navigate and strengthen your walk with God 15 minutes at a time, because I believe that real change happens in 15 minutes. So um, thank you for um, listening to today's episode. Please take a moment to like this video and this podcast, share it with your family and friends. Um, and subscribe to both the video and the audio podcast. Um, and they're available everywhere where they may be found. So what does it mean to be made in the image of God? What does that mean? Um, in today's society and in today's world, um, self-image and the way that we look is very, very important. There's a billion dollar industry that um, focuses on um, portraying a certain image that is appealing to man, appealing to the eye, and um, that gains popularity, followers, um, applause and appeal, right? Um, but what that does is when we set the image um, or whenever we set what is good and what is bad, that always leaves out a certain section of, of the population or a certain section of humanity. Um, because to us, um, you know, people can either love being slender or love a certain skin tone. And anything outside of your preference is a, a threat. Anything outside of your preference, you um, see as a um, negative um, um, thing or a negative entity. And that is the problem that we run into when we use, again, our own preference as the guideline for what's good. <clears throat> and so what you see in um, society today is a lot of mistreatment based on preference, um, mistreatment based on class, mistreatment based on um, skin tone, based on race, based on um, financial um, statuses, right? And so, I ask myself the question, you know, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? And what that means to me is that every person who was ever created, every, every person um, who was ever um, made by God was made in with God's in, uh, intention, with God's purpose, and with God's um, desire, right? And so because that's the truth, then um, I should see people the way God sees people. And God sees people without preference. God doesn't have a um, social structure or class um, um, distinction that separates people one way or the other. He loves everyone equally. 
So what I consider to be negative, what I consider to be bad, what I consider to be embarrassing um, or um, degrading, God sees as beautiful. Um, and it's hard sometimes to wrap our brains around that because we want to we want to believe that people are um, innately bad or that their choices um, have scarred them permanently. Um, and that's never, ever the case. Um, what you see a lot of times, especially in today's society, is those who have been um, mistreated and maligned by society for decades are standing up and uh, demanding that their voices be heard. They're demanding that um, they have equal rights, equal um, recognition, and uh, because they've been shunned for so long. And so those voices are really, really loud right now. Um, and I know that most of that is just based on mistreatment and based on the fact that um, they've been seen as less than, as not worthy of equal value, equal consideration, and equal thought. Um, I want to read a, a scripture real quickly. Luke chapter 10. Um, and I want to read verses 25 through 29, right? Just for the sake of time. It says, just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you, sh you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer to do this. I'm sorry. You have given the right answer. Do this and you shall live. Verse 29. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus gives this man an instruction. He states that this word that you've learned, that you have recited to me, is enough. Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Second commandment is like to the first one, is equal to the first one. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Why are those two instructions not enough? Why do we have to um, specify and identify who our neighbors are? Because in our own mind and with our own prejudices and with our own um, biases, we have chosen that certain people are not worthy of my love. Certain people are not worthy of my um, affection and not worthy of my time. Sometimes we treat people as transactions. If, if people are not able to um, benefit me in any way, then I don't see that person as beneficial. So I ask Jesus, well, Lord, I'll be more than happy to love this person. But, but surely um, you're not asking me to love this person. I'll, I'm more than happy to love people 
who already know you and who are in my denomination or who belong to my church. But surely those um, who practice homosexual lifestyle, those who are in the trans community, those who are homeless, those who are broke, surely, Lord, those aren't the people that you want me to, to love, right? Who exactly is my neighbor again? Because I need to know which areas of, of my community I should avoid. And that is not the intention of Jesus's commandment. And so Jesus goes and gives the story at the end of Luke chapter 10 of the Good Samaritan. And sadly, the story of the Good Samaritan plays out in today's um, society where the priest sees a man that is um, who has been beaten, who has his clothes ripped, and he's in a ditch. Um, he's been mistreated by life, mistreated by others, and he's helpless and in need of assistance. And the preacher, the one who professes to know God, um, sees this person and walks past, sees this person and goes to the other side of the street, sees this person and sees them as an inconvenience, as that's not my problem. They did this to themselves. Had they, um, you know, worn brighter clothing at night, they wouldn't have got mugged. Had they been, um, had they resisted, they wouldn't have been uh, shot by police, right? Um, and what's interesting is many of the people who profess Christ the loudest do the least amount of work when it's needed. And we have to ask ourselves, have we been asking Jesus, who is my neighbor, as a way to justify our inaction? Have we set aside in our hearts and in our minds? that only certain people in this world are worthy of my love, are worthy of me going outside of my, myself to, to help and to assist. Because I believe that um, the church has gotten too comfortable. And some of us have great doctrine, but very little inaction. We see the plight of, of those who, uh, who are misfortunate. We even see the plight of those who have been crying for help and assistance for years. Um, and some of the uh, reason why they are where they are is that for years, the church has failed to help them. And so when they discover their voice and they um, declare, hey, we've come to you for years and you've um, ignored us or you've shunned us because we look differently than you, um, then we are now telling those loud voices that they're in error. How dare we do that? How dare we say that someone who is pointing out our inefficiencies and asking that you pay attention to us, that we consider them to be bothering our regularly scheduled programming, right? Um, there's a lot that the church has to um, recover from. There's a lot that we have to repent of, and there's a lot of work that we have to do under the Lord's leading. 
Um, we can't expect the enemy to take better care of the broken than we do. And essentially, that's the story of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritan, who was an enemy of this Jewish man, who was beaten and left for dead, the enemy took better care of the Jewish man than the priest or the preacher or the church does. And that's a problem. That's a serious problem. Um, we have to get over ourselves, get over our um, religious superiority and see that every person was made in the image and likeness of God. Um, everyone has the God-given purpose in their lives, no matter what path their lives have taken them, right? And so we can't see ourselves as greater. The word says that um, the greatest among, among us is the one who chooses to serve. And we shouldn't seek to serve ourselves more than others. Because whenever we serve God, he is the one who provides the reward. And his reward doesn't decay. It doesn't rot. It doesn't, um, you know, go away. His reward is um, his love, is peace. It's um, having, um, you know, the will of the Father being accomplished in the earth because he can do more for us than any other person in the world does. So we can't be selfish, man. We've been really, really selfish lately. And we just have to step up. As a church, we have to step up. As the body of believers, we have to step we have to step up. So if we say that uh, Jesus is our father, then that question of who is our neighbor, we don't need to do that for justification. We just need to obey the original commandment to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Living from Sunday to Sunday podcast. Again, this podcast is available everywhere where they may be found. If you're listening on Spotify, please make sure um, that you let us know how we're doing. Rate us um, as well. And um, until next Thursday, you guys have a great week. And I'll see you when I see you.